Hi, I'm Sam Hawley. This is ABC News Daily. Given the movement to fight climate change has been growing rapidly in the last few years, it's increasingly likely you've either been involved in a climate protest or had your day disrupted by one. But you may not know police in some states have this year been given counter-terrorism-like powers to arrest those involved, even before an event begins. Today, background briefing reporter Jeff Thompson on why climate activists are finding it much harder to shut down cities. Jeff, we're hearing some sounds there from a climate protest in the centre of Sydney. Just tell me about that. Well, it was about peak hour on the 27th of June. It was a really bright, fresh winter morning. And there's a small group of about 100 people gathering around Hyde Park, the Central Park in, in Sydney. And they, they're holding up these banners saying, you know, blockade Australia. They're playing drums. And among them is a woman called Elizabeth Hartrick. There's some really sort of heavy-duty activists here that are really, you know, committed and passionate. And I'm just, actually, I, I'm honoured to be amongst them. I'm happy to be here. She doesn't fit the profile of the uh, typical, you know, climate change protester, or at least the stereotype. I mean, she's 74 years old. She's a retiree. She's a grandmother. She's super committed to trying to, you know, save the climate and, she, you know, she's prepared to take risks to do that. But I think I can handle myself like as I have in the past. If I'm told to get off the road by the police, then I just get off the road. Mm, okay, so she's among this this crowd and I gather, Jeff, that police are there too. Yeah, there's a lot of police. There's police helicopters above. There's police on horses on the ground. It's it's interesting. I mean, the, the Blockade Australia has been advertising this planned protest for weeks, so they weren't making a secret of it. They were hoping more of the public would would join them. And while this is going on, there's something else happening on the other side of the harbour near North Sydney at the entrance to the Sydney Harbour Tunnel. A car has parked blocking thousands of, of people trying to get to work. The young woman inside had her, her neck uh, bike locked to the steering wheel. Hi, my name's Marley. I'm 22. I'm currently locked on to a car at the start of the Sydney Harbour Tunnel in protest of the climate destruction that is happening on this continent right now. And not surprisingly, people are getting really, really angry. One in particular approached the window, allegedly made threats of violence and, and you know, was said some very unpleasant things. You f***ing everyone stay up, you dumb f***ing. Get the f*** out of the yeah, it, it was very intense uh, for for the public and for the people that were prepared to do things like that. And so police started to move in and arrest people, grabbed them, bundled them into into paddy wagons, um, 
and I think you know, all in all that day, 10 people are arrested. Are you under arrest for the yeah, sure, I'll have a major road yeah. What about Elizabeth, the, the grandmother? Was she arrested too? No, she managed to um, to dodge the police that day. She managed to to do what she did without um, without getting in trouble with the police. Okay, so she was among the the lucky ones that weren't arrested. But it, Jeff, it's not really surprising, is it, that that these people were arrested? They've caused this mass chaos in the centre of a busy city you know, during peak hour, you'd expect the police would step in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is what they were doing technically is already illegal, but what's happened is that just a few months ago on April the 1st, the New South Wales Parliament, the uh, the New South Wales Roads Minister and the Attorney General, and supported by both um, sides of politics, they ramped up a, a section 144G1B of the Roads Act so that it became, and this is a, an act, a, a section that deals specifically with the Sydney Humber Bridge and the Sydney Harbour Tunnel. It makes it an offence jailable for up to two years and or a $22,000 fine. So it sort of, you know, radically increases the penalty uh, for people who are protesting, who are obstructing people going about their lives. Mm, so it sounds pretty severe, the punishment. Why was it ramped up to to that point? Well, it's because um, uh, there's been a, a lot of these sorts of protests and Blockade Australia has had its um, its two biggest ones. The first one was in Newcastle in November. What's up, punks? My name's Zoe. I'm currently blocking all coal chains going into or out of the world's biggest coal port in Newcastle. Um, and that um, shut down coal exports for 11 days and uh, apparently disrupted $60 million worth of coal exports. That you know, got people really angry and that's where Blockade Australia came on to into in people's consciousness. And even uh, New South Wales Treasurer Matt Keane, who's been really outspoken about the need for more climate action. He was having no tolerance at all uh, for these activists and was quite scathing of them. Pull your heads in, get out of the way and uh, stop hurting other people going about their lives, uh, running their businesses and uh, standing in the way of growing our economy. Mm, So the protests, they're having a a pretty big impact by the sound of it. Yeah, well, um, so they introduced these these changes to the Roads Act very quickly. Uh, and at the same time, uh, the police set up a new task force called Strike Force Guard, which is um, which is tasked with specifically stopping and preempting these protesters before they can cause that that any sort of disruption. So it's about surveillance. It's about keeping an eye on these people. It's about stopping them from doing the, committing these actions before they even begin. Mm, and, Jeff, have police using that task force managed to, to stop any protests then? Well, arguably, I mean, they didn't stop the Sydney protests, but they had a good go at it because a week before that, there was a, um, a planning and preparation camp uh, in Colo, about 80 kilometres northwest of Sydney, on private land, and um, there was a plan to to raid that camp. The people at the camp stumbled across uh, two men in camouflage gear, hiding in the bushes, basically spying on them. But effectively, there were two fully camouflaged, like wearing camouflage hat gear men 
hiding in the bushes, photographing and watching us. The protesters sort of started hassling these guys, like, what are you doing here? Who are you? They were armed and they were identified by a few of the people on site who said, hello, who are you? They didn't speak. One of them said into what we presume was a hidden microphone, we've been compromised. And then an unmarked car um, came down and these guys got into the car. Then the protesters surrounded the car, sat on top of the car, and then the protesters deflated the tyres on the car. And then a while later, police from the, all the surrounding areas descended on the camp. And there were at least 17 people arrested, uh, phones were confiscated. Mm, so, just to reiterate, they were on private land. I assume they weren't doing anything illegal. Yeah, I mean, what they, what the things that they were doing that was illegal, I think, uh, was in response to the police presence. So, they're under charges for um, a fray, uh, which is quite a serious charge, assault police. Uh, obstructing police in the line of duty, malicious damage, it's been argued, for deflating the tyres. There's one charge which was um, aiding in the commission of a crime. Mm, so from what you've said, Jeff, it sounds like the stakes are really high now for these climate change protests because, you know, they could face these huge fines, they could go to jail, they could even be arrested before they've actually done anything. Is that happening anywhere else. Yeah, well, I mean, what's interesting about what's happening here is that it has um it has changed the game because when you target a subset of the community, it's usually reserved for things like um bikey gangs or for, you know, even terrorists. It's the sim- a similar sort of strategy is being applied in Almost every state in Australia, it's been currently on about to looking at being introduced in Tasmania. If it hasn't already been passed, uh, subject to legal challenge, the Victoria, I think those laws have passed, or they're 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 certainly considering them. The protesters. I mean, do you think it will stop them? What about the grandmother Elizabeth that you mentioned? Are her days of taking to the streets over? Do you think? Well, I think that in some ways they are. You, what Elizabeth did was. You know, she she certainly had the determination to do it, and she headed out um, on a, you know, a second day of protests. And it, in fact, because she was filmed on the first day, I was standing with her as she was arrested, and and then she has been charged with Roads Act so uh, charges. In regards to yesterday's protest, okay, it's alleged that whilst you were present, but she, you know, she's back at home, um, Melbourne, and saying that um, she's got to do this. She can't. You know, you can write letters, you can recycle your plastic, but, you know, we're still on track to potentially catastrophic global warming. And um, she's, you know, she, like many of them, uh, she's just not the type who's going to give up. Real change, social change, hasn't happened without some kind of rebellion or, or revolution and that we've got to do it. We've just, we've just got to be in there and just building whatever barricades we can, just try to try to keep pushing through. Jeff Thompson is a reporter with Background Briefing. You can find his full report on the ABC Listen app. Tasmania's anti-protest bill has cleared the lower house. It'll be debated in the upper house this week. Elizabeth Hattrick 
It's not due in court until next year. This episode was produced and mixed by Sam Dunn and Chris Dengate. Additional production by Sydney Peed. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on abcnewsdaily abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.